just have three verses I'd like to read with you. First is found in Mark. First chapter of Mark. And verse 14 and 15. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Next reading in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. I'm sorry, chapter 1. Romans 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And finally, 1 Corinthians and chapter 1. First Corinthians one and verse eighteen. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to unto us which are saved it is the power of God. May God bless the reading of his word. Tonight uh, before me uh, it was appropriate, Dave this afternoon. I guess to, not to give a summary to uh, his uh, ministry, but uh, basically he spoke on the greatest book, the book of uh, the Bible, God's written word. And so tonight, uh, coincidentally, I'd just like to present to you the greatest message, the message of the gospel. It's a little uh, unusual, I guess, verses. I mean, they contain... The word gospel, but not typical gospel verses. I'll be referring to many other verses in the Bible. But I would just like to focus on some key points of the gospel that makes it unique from any other message. I think most of the time when I speak, I always mention what the word gospel means. I think the youngest here could answer uh, answer that or define gospel. But simply, it means good news. I would like to focus uh, tonight. I have eight points. Should be able to get them, get all through all of them uh, easily. Uh, eight key points of the gospel and what makes it different than any other message. I want to tell you why the gospel is the best news that you could possibly hear. I want to tell you uh, why, out of all the messages you could hear tonight, there's many places you could go, many different uh, topics. Uh, political, religious, or uh, social, all messages that uh, uh, you get bombarded with in society today, why the gospel message is not only the best, but why it is the most important. 
If I were to go outside and ask a number of uh, people from Midland Park uh, the question, what is the best possible news I could tell you? I'm sure I'll get a handful of uh, answers. Perhaps uh, some uh, would say the best news you could tell me is uh, that I landed that job I applied for. Uh, perhaps someone else would say uh, the best news I could receive is that all my loans have been paid off. Um, I guess I mean, there's many things. I guess another one, you could, uh, you could ask someone who has uh, some kids and they're worried about their college and they're graduating and they could say the best news you could tell me is that my kid was uh, accepted into a very uh, pre- prestigious college. You can see then that there is a number of things people consider good news, and rightly so. These things are all uh, good news indeed. Uh, But my question to you tonight is, what is the best news I could tell you right now? I ask that you be honest to yourself and before God. If you are not saved, what is the best news you could hear? What are you putting before salvation? What are you most concerned with in this lifetime right now? And why is the gospel not the best news that I could tell you? If I offer a glass of water to someone, I can get one of two responses. If that person has come from a large dinner with plenty of food and drinks, they would decline. However, if that person has been out working in the summer heat for many hours with no food or drinks, they would most certainly welcome the relief of a refreshing glass of water. However, I think we could all agree if that person working out in the summer heat rejects that glass of water, we would all see that as foolishness. I hope this little illustration uh, helps you to understand my first point regarding the gospel. The gospel message meets our greatest need. It is not the greatest need of just one of us. It is not the greatest need of uh, most of us. It's not the greatest need of select individuals. It is the greatest need of all of us. We sometimes sing the chorus, I have a soul to be saved. Let the truth be engraved on my heart and my mind while I am young. Oh, how awful the cost if my soul should be lost, and in hell if I die as I am. Our greatest need is that of a Savior. Sin has separated us from God. We need one who can bring us back because we can't do it ourselves. We need one who can wash away our sins and make us right with God. We need one that can bear the judgment of sins that we deserve, that we are guilty of. This is why the gospel is the greatest message ever. Whether you come into the good of it depends upon what you do with it. In the verses we read, brought out the point... To some, those saved, it is the power of God. To others, those who are perishing, it is foolishness. Secondly, I would like to just consider another unique aspect of the gospel. 
I'd like to consider its unchangingness, its completeness, and the fact that it is finished. 1 Peter 3 and 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being quickened by the Spirit. Again in Hebrews we read, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, sat down on the right hand of God. I am so thankful that the work of Christ can never be undone. I thank God that every sin of mine was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I rejoice that he cried, it is finished. I am so happy that he rose again the third day and is now seated on the right hand of God. Never a message so complete, so unchangeable, can never be undone, completely finished. Thirdly, I would just like to consider a message that is the gospel message. It's completely true, 100% reliable. It has never failed, has a perfect track record. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We know what we can trust because of where it comes from. We know we can trust the Bible because it is God's Word. The Word of God may have been written by man's hands, but it is as if God had breathed out the words Himself. Fourthly, I'd just like to consider how bold the Gospel is, how its claims are very distinct. Absolutes are spoken authoritatively. I appreciated this afternoon, gave, uh, made reference to some verses uh, spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. They start, ye have heard, and then the Lord Jesus Christ would say, but I say. He also made mention of the verily, verily, or truly, truly, or amen. He spoke like no other. In Matthew 7 and 29, For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Completely different. The claims of the Bible and its boldness. In Romans 3 and 23, we read, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God can declare all have sinned because he knows all mankind's heart. Men and women can fool each others, can fool each other about what they have done, about what they think. They can hide their actions from each other, but no one can hide their sins before God. He sees everything we do, he hears everything we say, all our thoughts. Before God, we're all guilty as sinners. Another bold claim in 1 Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Society today embraces and promotes individualism, their ideas and beliefs, but God himself declares that there is one way to be made right with God. That is through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't say what you think matters as far as what you think you can do, what makes you feel good. Tonight, if you're 
going to be sure of heaven, it's going to be one way, through the Word of God and through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to consider briefly the scope of the Gospel. No message is so all-inclusive, available to all. It reaches all of humanity, none excluded. It spans every culture, race, and age. Romans 10 and 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I purposely picked out the hymn about the whosoever. That word is really important. It's beautiful that we can read so many places in Scripture. That word whosoever, very well known to my left. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel message would be completely different if that word whosoever was changed to some or a few people. Tonight we can proclaim the gospels for all as available to whosoever. Thank God for it. Exclusivity and being unique is highly sought after in our culture. Limited production and special editions have a way of making us take notice and desire what we know not everyone will be able to have. Country clubs and colleges take pride in their selection process, taking only the best. But don't make the mistake that you always have the opportunity to be saved because it is freely offered to the whosoever right now. We do not control time, and we certainly do not know how much of it we will have. Salvation is offered to the whosoever, to you right now, as a free gift. We do not know if we'll be here tomorrow or if we'll have the opportunity. Six, I would just like to consider the distance of the gospel. And by that I mean uh, never a message has come from so far a distance. Um, Headlines from faraway places pique our curiosity. I know it does for me when I see headlines of some obscure place. It intrigues me. I'm interested. Or news that had to be carried out miles on foot. It speaks of its importance. But yet, how do you react to God's gospel? Perhaps you can barely... Uh, pay attention, or you rather occupy your thoughts with something else. You're just not that interested in what God has to say about His Son or how you can know your sins forgiven. And yet, when we consider uh, the psalmist, he could write, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy finger, and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? God is interested in you. He cares about your soul. You may not have the slightest interest in heaven or hell, or really will be for all eternity. You're more preoccupied with uh, the right now and what you are involved with and doing. But God desires all men to be saved. He desires you to know the truth and to have the forgiveness of sins. Never a message is more loving God's love is greater than any other love. There are so many verses that we can look to 
for the love of God towards man. A well-known one in 1 John 4 and 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And of course, when we think about the word, the word love and verses, the most popular again, John 3.16. We have the word love followed by an action. For God so loved the world that He gave. He had to give His Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There was such a high cost. It cost Him everything. God loves the sinner, but not your sins. He must judge sin in His righteousness. He loved us first when there was nothing lovable in us. I cannot explain it because I do not understand it. It is above my capacity to understand why He could love me. But I know it. I know it because He sent His Son into this world for me. He sent His Son into this world to save sinners. Finally, I just... The last point I have before me, I would just like to think of how powerful the gospel message is. No other message will have a life-changing effect. It changes eternal destinies. It makes a dead man to live. You pass from death to life. Romans 1 and 16, again, I'll read it again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You know, so many messages claim how they will change your life. Um, a lot of them will leave you uh, wanting more or leave you empty. At best, they will only change the life you live in the flesh here on earth. Everything you accomplish, everything you own, will have no meaning at the end of your life. The only thing that will matter is if you have Christ as your Savior. To plan for school, or a future job, a future retirement, or a future anything is all short-sighted. You need to settle the most important matter. You need to settle where you will spend all eternity. The Gospel message is the greatest for those reasons, and many more, which I don't have time to go into. Just a few key points. It is the greatest message ever. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. But to them that perish, it is foolishness. What category are you in? Is the preaching of the cross foolishness to you? Have you recognized your greatest need? Trust in the work of Christ alone and be saved.